0: This is the Purposeful Career Podcast with Carla Hudson, episode number 12. I'm Carla Hudson, brand strategist, entrepreneur, and life coach. Whether you're on the corporate or entrepreneur track, or maybe both, decades of experience has taught me that creating success happens from the inside out. It's about having the clarity, self-confidence, and unstoppable belief to go after and get everything you want. If you'll come with me, I'll show you how. Well, hello, friends. I hope you had an amazing week. Mine was great. It is that time of year in Texas. We get like a month of what I think is perfect weather, where the mornings are cool and the weather kind of tops out at like 70 degrees. It's not too hot not too cold. It's San Diego weather, which is my favorite place on the planet. I even took a few days off this week to do some house stuff. You know, it's getting ready to be spring. Might already be spring by the time this gets posted. And I got to about half of the stuff I intended to do. So I I did good enough to feel satisfied, but I'm not going to lie. I procrastinated on the garage stuff. For me, the garage is not my happy place. It's a place to put things that I don't want to deal with, and it's a place that I have to walk to and from in order to get in and out of my car. That is about it. And it's not like I ran out of time. I had plenty of time to organize the garage. It's really not that dirty. It's just got stuff kind of in half in boxes, half out of boxes from a year ago when I moved in. I just didn't want to do it, even though I promised myself I would. So as I was thinking about getting back into my weekly routine tomorrow, minus, you know, what was supposed to be a well-organized garage, it made me think about procrastination and how it shows up for all of us. You know, it's never really been an issue for me in my career. If I had something to do, I would dive in and do it, even the unpleasant things that I didn't like. I just kind of wanted to get all the things done on time and I wanted to do it with as little stress as possible. And for me, I think what's behind that is it's really about negative motivation. So even though I might not like the thing and I had all kinds of thoughts about the thing I had to do that I didn't want to do, what we talked about in episode seven, where it's about being motivated to avoid the negative, that's kind of for me, the driver that helps me avoid procrastination in my career. I was really more motivated by the desire to avoid the pain of not doing the thing and to avoid the suffering or the stress of having to do it at the last minute. So that's kind of why I didn't do it. But in my personal life, it's a little different. You know, Without the kind of looming deadlines that you have in your own business or in your career, sometimes I make promises to myself, and I totally intend to keep them. And then I don't in my personal life, especially with things I don't like, like organizing the garage. So now because of that, because I procrastinated, every time I pull in and out this week, I'm going to experience the guilt of knowing that I did not do something I promised myself I would do even though I really had time to do it. Does this sound familiar to you? Most of us procrastinate in certain areas of our life. For some people, it's more of a thing than others, but if you do it regularly in your career, it's probably holding you back in some way. And that's why I wanted to explore why we procrastinate, how it affects us, and more importantly, what we can do about it. So let's dive in. So we all know that procrastination means putting something off, but it's also kind of interesting as I was sort of researching, it's interesting to know that procrastination actually comes from an ancient Greek word, probably butcher this a little, but I think it's pronounced akrasia, which means doing something against our better judgment. So when we procrastinate in doing something, we know that we're not only avoiding the task so we're putting it off but that is probably not a great idea to do that but we do it anyway and that's really the rub with procrastination that's why it does such a number on us right because when we do it we not only deal with the pain of not doing the thing we know we need to do but we also know that we procrastinated even though we knew it wasn't a good idea that by procrastinating it might cost us in some way. So if we know something might hurt us, why do we do it anyway? Doing something we know is going to have negative consequences isn't logical. So that means there must be a powerful hidden driver behind the procrastination that's enticing us to do it. So what might that be? Well, in the simplest of terms, we procrastinate because of how we feel about doing the task we need to do. And as we've discussed in earlier episodes, everything we do, or in this case, don't do, comes from how we feel. So we always take our action based on the emotions that we're having. So when we procrastinate, we're likely feeling something like maybe boredom, anxiety, Maybe insecurity, frustration, resentment, overwhelm, self doubt. There's lots and lots of emotions that are on the more negative side that might be causing us to procrastinate. And most of us believe that when we feel those things, we feel that way because of the task or the thing that we need to go do. Like you have this thing you need to do, you don't want to do it. And so we think we feel the emotions. But what we're usually missing is that the reason we have the feelings like boredom, anxiety, and overwhelm is not because of the thing we need to go do. It's because of how you're thinking about the thing you need to go do. There's something that happens in between the task we're assigned and the feel, the emotion or feeling that we have. And that is the thought we have about the thing we need to go do. So, When you're feeling sort of those emotions like boredom, anxiety, overwhelm, whatever they are that feel more negative, those emotions are what's causing you to take the inaction of procrastination. It's the not doing the thing we need to go do. So you're choosing to not do the task you think is going to cause you to feel those negative emotions because you're trying to delay having to experience those emotions. And notice what you're probably doing instead of doing the thing. So you're trying to delay feeling bored, anxious, whatever, overwhelmed. And so you'll go do something else. And usually that something else is kind of indulgent. Like maybe, you know, instead of sitting down to write that presentation, you're actually scrolling your social feed, or you're binging on Netflix, or you're browsing Amazon, or going out and lunching with friends. In my practice, though, we call this buffering. When we do things to indulge ourselves because we don't want to experience a negative emotion, we call this buffering because the things that we do, instead of doing the quote-unquote unpleasant thing, are really an attempt to soothe yourself, to make you feel better, or to avoid having to experience the emotions that you really don't want to experience. So let's talk about a specific way that I've seen procrastination play out for people in their career. This might make it a little more real. So let's just say that you're assigned a presentation. You know the deadline, you know the topic, at least reasonably well, but maybe you don't have all the information you need, or maybe the idea of it just bores you. It's uninspired, and you just can't make yourself sit down and get started on it. Maybe you've tried to dive in a few times, but then you just sit there in front of the computer, you know how it is, that blinking cursor, and you might be thinking something like, I just don't know where to start, or I don't have all the information I need in order to start, or maybe it's more something like, what if I do a bad job? Any of those thoughts could cause the self-doubt, anxiety, or insecurity that might cause you to switch from working on that thing to the latest episode of Bridgerton. And it does feel good to watch a favorite Netflix series or eat that leftover cupcake or whatever your indulgent behavior is. Some of us though, might even try to justify our inaction by doing something that we tell ourselves is quote unquote productive, but unrelated to the thing we actually need to do. So maybe we'll do something like organizing our sock drawer or whatever. And we'll say, see, I was still productive. Like we're trying to justify not doing the thing we need to do by instead pointing to the thing we chose to do as the re- as the reason putting it off was a good idea in the first place because we were quote unquote still productive. And when we put off doing the task that's linked to those negative emotions, we do definitely feel relieved. We didn't have to experience being anxious or frustrated or overwhelmed or full of self-doubt or whatever it was. It's much more fun to watch Netflix because the chances are the things we're doing instead of doing the thing we know we need to do, but don't really want to do, feels better. And it kind of does in the short term, but there's a price to be paid because here's the truth about procrastination. It takes the thing we already link to negative emotions and it doubles down on the negative. And how does it do that? Well, because the brain, our brain knows that the thing we need to do that we don't want to do, we know the deadline's still there and it's not moving. So now, in addition to kind of not working on the thing you know you need to be working on, And now you're doing other things that feel better to you. (laughs) Now you've got this ticking time bomb in your brain. And every hour you delay starting on that thing or doing that thing that you don't want to do, your stress and anxiety and self-blame increases. This dials up the stress for sure. But it also creates a secondary non-virtuous thought loop in your mind about how you can't trust yourself. Or maybe you'll even label yourself, I'm just a procrastinator. And even worse, if you do manage to get that thing done on time, even though you delayed starting it, and it's reasonably good, so you turn in that report, you slammed it together at the last minute, and it's pretty good. Now you've created yet another non-virtuous cycle in which you believe that you actually perform better under pressure. I honestly have lost count of the number of colleagues and clients who said this to me. I'm just better when I have less time. Or I always work better under pressure. And they honestly believe it. They think it's totally fine that they put things off because actually it makes them better. That's what they believe. But what they're ignoring, though, is the price that they're really paying because of having that belief. Because chronic procrastination has long-term effects on our mental health, the quality of our life. By always waiting until the 11th hour, we're going to experience more stress. We make it chronic stress if it's something we do all the time. Or maybe we feel depressed, anxious, overwhelmed, maybe because by putting that thing off, it's now encroaching on our off hours, you know, and so we're taking not as good a care of ourselves we have poor self-care as a result because we have less time, or it's infringing on our time with our family, or it can even over time create chronic illness. So while avoiding the thing you dread might help you avoid your negative feelings in the short term, in the long term, you're going to pay a much bigger price. And when people think about this, they think, well, I just need to have more self control. You know, I need to be more disciplined. And others might think the answer lies in just being more productive. So they'll spend hours searching for productivity hacks or whatever to to do better time management. And certainly time management is a is a valid thing. But in the case of procrastination, it isn't about time management. It's about not wanting to do it. So you self-soothe by doing other things that feel better to you. And then you actually give yourself less time to do that thing and put more stress on yourself. So what you don't want to do is to try and solve procrastination if this is a thing for you. You don't want to just address the symptoms of the issue. I do something called causal coaching. So we are really mindset-based first and foremost, and are focused on getting to the heart of what's causing the issue so we can take the issue off the table. Because addressing the symptoms or just trying to use productivity or time management to fix what's really procrastination won't change anything because it isn't about time. It's about your brain and trying to manage your negative emotions by doing something that, by taking actions that don't serve you instead of getting to the root of what's really causing the issue, which is your brain. What you really need to do in order to fix procrastination is disrupt the cycle of pain and pleasure. And that's really what it's about. Your brain is always going to want to avoid pain and get pleasure. So the best way to do that with procrastination is to shift your focus from the pain and pleasure of what you're experiencing right now, so today you, to the pain and pleasure of future you. So that's a big shift from a today focus to a future focus. And here's what I mean. The procrastination cycles we've outlined here in this podcast are really caused by something psychologists refer to as present bias, say that in quotes. That happens when we give a stronger weight to the rewards that are closer to right now versus rewards that would happen in even the near-term future, say, a couple days from now. And it's important to remember that this is like, for us humans, this is hardwired in. It's really about our primitive brain. Because, I mean, think about it. We've evolved over the millennia, and our caveman ancestors who had our brain weren't going to survive. By thinking too far ahead into the future, they really needed to focus on providing for themselves in the here and now. That pattern in our brain is there. And because of evolution, our primitive brain is still alive and well. So in the case of procrastination, the primitive brain wants to avoid the pain of doing the thing it doesn't want to do and to get more pleasure, which is why you go Netflix instead. And this keeps us stuck in all kinds of non-virtual cycles that we discussed. So what's the answer? Well, first, you definitely need to know and sort of admit whether procrastination is a thing for you and get clear on when does it come up? Is it just certain things or is it kind of a continual thing? And then you need to secondly say, okay, this isn't serving me. So in order to start, you first have to know you have a problem. And second, you need to be open at least to fixing the problem. But then third, I use with my clients a tool that I've put into practice regularly in my career. I call it now and later. And this is a a cognitive-based tool that counterbalances all the things about procrastination that don't work for you. And here's how it works. If you are faced with doing something that typically you would want to procrastinate on, Instead, catch yourself and then choose a thought like, I'm going to spend an hour on this so I get started and then I'm going to finish it up later. You tell yourself that thought because that's going to get you focused on sitting down, diving in and spending one hour on it. And telling yourself, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be done. I'm just getting started to get the ball rolling and I'll finish it up later. You need to define what later is. <laughs> so maybe it's a couple of days from now or whatever. But the approach is genius because it takes the pressure off in two ways. First, by starting the thing now, you are doing a huge amount to alleviate the pressure and the stress and that mental ticking time bomb we talked about that's going on in your brain that you were in, you would encounter if you didn't start it, if you waited until the 11th hour. So if you sit down and do it now, even though you're not going to finish it now, probably, you might, but you probably won't, you tell yourself, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting the ball rolling. And this in large part lifts off that last minute pressure and stress that you would experience if you didn't start on it now. So that's number one. And second, it helps because if you're not putting the pressure on yourself to do the whole thing right now, you take the most of the unpleasantness away. So all you need to do is get it partially done right now, which won't take as long. And it also, if you're a perfectionist, it doesn't have to be perfect because you're not even telling yourself you're going to finish. So here's what this might look like. Maybe you just do the outline for the deck or the first draft of the report or even half of the first draft of the report. And if you're missing information or there's some stuff you still need to go chase down, leave some placeholder pages or paragraphs blank. You can fill those in later. The benefit here is that the pressure is off. It's just your first draft and that's all. Give yourself a time limit like I said 1 hour, maybe 2. And when you do that, you know, what you've done is now you have the ball rolling. Now your head's kind of in the project. You know, you know that if you have any gaps or things that you need to go do, you know you can go fill in that information later and that you're going to come back to it in a couple of days and give yourself plenty of time to tweak it, make the additions you need to make, to finish it and then hand it in on time. But what you've done is you've only given up 1 hour, maybe 2, and then you can give yourself another little reward, like maybe going to your favorite place for lunch or maybe taking Friday afternoon off. Then in a couple of days, you come back, you finish up the thing and you're done. This works. 100% of the time for me. In my corporate career, it was genius because the more unpleasant the thing, the more this worked. I would tell myself that if I just get it started now, I can have the pressure off and have a great weekend or a great rest of the week. So I'd start on it right away, even if it was something I didn't want to do, even if I only had a third of the information I needed. And I would do a really rough draft, spend an hour on it, then I would put it aside and reward myself by doing something I did wanna do, like maybe watching a rerun of Grace and Frankie on Netflix, which I love that show, but only after I got the first draft done. Then when I came back to the thing in a few days, I was usually surprised to find that it was in pretty good shape maybe not always, but most of the time. And then it was really quick work to just kind of make the additions and the edits I needed to make, tweak it. And then it was done. I even had time to proofread it a couple times. So it was, you know, as close to perfect as I could get it. And I'd finish it sometimes ahead of schedule and it got to be relaxed. And I didn't have to give up my nights and weekends. And I always delivered on time. And I still got the short-term benefit or reward of Netflixing, if that's what I wanted to do. But I got the huge reward of having less stress, less boundary creep from work to off time, and I got the satisfaction of knowing that what I turned in was my best effort. This always works always. And it's a good reminder to me, honestly, of my garage. I need to apply this in my personal life because I really have only applied it in my career, but it's going to work in my personal life too. So as soon as I finish this recording, I'm going out to the garage. I'm going to spend an hour on it. I will not get it done before my work week starts, but that's okay because I'm going to come back and finish it later, maybe next weekend. That way I don't have to start work week knowing I didn't do the thing. I promised myself I'd do. This is a concept I call now and later. When something's unpleasant, you don't have to put it off to avoid the negative emotions that you feel. Just do a little bit now, an hour, then enjoy a little reward and finish it up a few days later. No stress, no overwhelm, no anxiety. It works every single time. Until next time, make it a great week, my friends. Do you have a life coach? If not, I'd be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual coaching program and monthly membership called Next Level. Inside, we take the material you hear on this podcast, study it, and then apply it. Join me at the purposefulcareer.com backslash next level. Don't forget the the purposefulcareer.com backslash next level. Join me and together we'll make your career and life everything you dream of. We'll see you there.